Welcome to another episode of the China Flexpad podcast. And today we are going to talk about working with Chinese companies uh, from Europe. So lots of Flexpads, they are based in Europe or in the US and they're working with Chinese companies. And James is one of them. And communication is a core skill that Chinese companies need, actually every company needs. And James is doing a lot to help these companies. And so we're going to discuss with James today how he does that and what we can learn from him. With this, welcome James to the China Flexpad podcast. Firstly, thanks for having me on the Flexpad podcast today, Francis. I'm James and I'm the founder of eEnglish and I help Chinese business owners and their teams get more international customers by improving their English sales and marketing skills. I've had a, a fascination with China and Chinese culture from a very young age. And I remember visiting Hong Kong when I was a teenager. And I knew even then that I'd end up working with China in some way or another in future. I eventually moved to China in 2005 and I lived there in various cities for six years. And I just love being immersed in the culture and the language. And I worked as an English teacher in private language institutions and companies, and this experience laid the foundation for what I do today. I learned a lot about how Chinese companies use English to communicate with their international customers, how they sell and market their products and services internationally, and the unique problems they face when doing this. I started my business in 2007 while I was living in Beijing, and as it was an online business at that time, and as I was delivering my courses online, I was able to continue growing it when I eventually decided to return to the UK in 2011. After returning to the UK, I actually met my wife here, who is originally from Nanjing and had been working in the UK for a few years. We now have a five-year-old daughter and uh, she has been back to China a few times. We're teaching her Chinese and hoping to get back and visit friends and family in the near future. And being a, a flexpat to me means having a real passion for China, Chinese people, the language and the culture, and being able to build a life and a career around this passion. And even though I live in the UK now, I spend several hours working closely with Chinese business owners and sales professionals every day. It's still a big part of my life. And what I love about it is it gives me flexibility and I have the opportunity to work in the same role in China if my family and I ever decide to move back in the future. What is the key difference between what you do as a communication coach for Chinese companies, Chinese customers, and a more traditional online teaching approach, which you are very familiar with? So I like to use the analogy of an everyday family car and a Formula One racing car to explain this difference. More traditional online teachers are like everyday family cars. They're used to get around the city and do everyday things. And it's the same with an online English teacher. They, can't, they can help you with your general English and help you have conversations with English speakers in everyday situations. What I do as a communication coach is like a Formula One racing car. So Formula One racing cars are designed specifically for one goal, and that's to win races. And I use the same approach. I've designed my courses to help Chinese business owners and their teams to achieve one goal, and that is to get international customers. Having a really specific goal like this and focusing only on the language and the skills which are needed to connect with potential customers, build trust, and market and sell products and services effectively 
means my clients can make really quick progress in a really short amount of time. It's a, a really effective way to study. Of course, I'm not saying one is better than the other because both approaches are useful and it depends entirely on what goals people have. However, I think this relatively new approach of targeting a specific audience and designing a specialised language course based on their specific goals will become much more popular in the English as a second language industry, as a lot of industry professionals have very specific goals and don't feel they learn the right language and skills when they study more traditional online courses, which tend to be quite broad. So how did you start your career in China back in the day? And what were your biggest challenges and achievements? So I moved to China in 2005 and I didn't have any knowledge of Chinese culture or language at that time. The first city I lived in was Huizhou in Guangdong province. And in my opinion, it was the perfect place to start my career in China. Back in 2005, Huizhou was a relatively small city and it was very rare to see any foreign faces. So I had to learn about the culture and language very quickly in order to live there independently every day. It was a very steep learning curve and there were many uncomfortable and awkward situations as I made a lot of mistakes. But I think stepping outside of my comfort zone like this really helped me grow professionally and also personally. I used these experiences I had in Huizhou and the process I went through there to encourage my clients to step outside of their comfort zones and really embrace making mistakes as it's the best way to learn. It helps massively with confidence too. Many of my clients struggle to connect effectively on social media and start natural conversations with potential customers because they worry about making mistakes in English and they lack knowledge about their customers' culture. They also really rely heavily on sending emails and text messages on WhatsApp and of course using online translators and dictionaries because they don't have a lot of spoken practice and they don't have the confidence to speak on video calls. So helping them step outside of their comfort zones and giving them the language and skills to do this really makes a difference to them. So my biggest achievement was setting up my business while I was living in China and helping Chinese sales and marketing professionals with their confidence and helping them improve their language and skills. And to be able to do this for a living is extremely satisfying and rewarding. You know that I am leading a sales team in a Chinese company, right? I do, Francis, yes. That is really unique that we are having this discussion today. I really like this. And what would you say, how did you profit from your experience of teaching English in order to do what you do now? So how did you use your experience in order to see what works and what doesn't work in order to, you know, find your own thing? Teaching English in China really laid a great foundation for what I do now. Obviously, I gained a huge insight into how Chinese people communicate in English and the problems they face with certain aspects of the English language. But as well as this, there were a lot of skills I carried over into what I do now. A big part of the courses I delivered to my Chinese clients focus on improving sales and marketing. And in my view, teachers naturally make really good salespeople because they don't sell, they educate and focus on the needs of others. They also know how to listen attentively and in an empathetic way to really understand what others are saying and make them feel good. They're really patient and don't put pressure on others and they use really simple language to explain things clearly. So all of these skills are essential for salespeople. 
Often my clients have quite an aggressive approach when they sell on social media and in cold sales emails, and they struggle with patience and want quick results. So having a teacher's mindset and taking the time to really understand their audience and their problems, asking effective questions and shifting away from focusing on products and focusing more on what their international customers want gets much better results and helps massively to build trust and strong business relationships. James, it seems that you do a lot about the same what I'm doing. Just the thing is, you're based in the UK. So how do you do this? And how does it help you that you're based in the UK? And how does it, you know, how is it a challenge? And how do you deal with this? I think the most obvious challenge is time zones. So being in the UK, we're currently seven hours behind China. So I'm usually up very early in the morning and online in order to start conversations and build relationships. I use two social media platforms to connect with China, LinkedIn and WeChat. LinkedIn is an excellent platform for connecting with businesses and business owners and sales professionals in China. I know there were a few changes on LinkedIn in China at the end of 2021, but there are still a lot of active Chinese professionals on there. It's by far my favorite platform as it's easy to find the right people, start conversations and make relationships. And it's also such a powerful resource for Chinese companies. They can learn so much about their potential customers on there, such as where they work, what they do, where they studied, their interests and achievements, their contact details. The list is endless and using this information on social media and in emails and video calls gives context to conversations and builds trust quickly. Using LinkedIn also allows me to keep up to date with news in China, as there are a lot of like-minded professionals on there, like you, Francis, who share my passion for China and Chinese culture and post interesting news and updates daily. WeChat is also a great way to keep up to date with what my clients are doing. And even though I'm thousands of miles away, I feel like I can experience certain festivals and holidays with them. I make calls to my prospective clients through WeChat and it's a comfortable platform for them to use. Of course, there's nothing like actually being there in China. And before the pandemic, we visited regularly and hopefully my family and I can get back out there very soon. Yeah, James, I can only confirm this. Uh, you have a fantastic LinkedIn presence and um, I am really astounded because there's not so many people like you and me who like speak out to China and try to speak about this China and Europe thing and how to communicate and how to do this better. So I really like this. The, the thing is that you openly promote this as a business while I do this as a job. So my role is more internally. So I use LinkedIn to communicate to international customers um, of my Chinese company, right? And so I do what your customers are doing, just I do it myself. And I haven't been so successful in what you say that to teach my team, my Chinese team, to actually use LinkedIn themselves for both for market research and also for outgoing communication. So this is something I'm taking from this call to learn and to really say maybe I can, you know, scale up my game and really learn from you how you change and uh, change the way that Chinese customers work. It's, it's really inspiring. Can you go a bit more into details? What common communication problems do you help Chinese customers with when selling their products and services internationally? So as I'm focused on helping a very specific group of people, I can narrow down problems easily. And actually, there are only a handful of problems Chinese companies face when selling their products and services internationally. And I can introduce four areas now. 
So the first one, they have problems using social media effectively and specifically starting conversations with potential customers on there. As I said before, LinkedIn is a great resource for Chinese companies, but it's important to connect with potential customers in the right way. Secondly, they have problems with their speaking and spoken confidence, and this really stems from how they studied English at school, as it is focused on writing and reading rather than speaking. This means they rely heavily on writing emails and texts on WhatsApp rather than speaking to potential customers. Thirdly, my clients get frustrated that they don't get any responses to their cold sales emails. This is because Chinese salespeople tend to write in a formal style. They focus too much on themselves and give a lot of extra information and they put far too much pressure on their potential customers. There are cultural reasons behind this, so I help them to change their approach. And lastly, they struggle to understand their potential customers' culture and they can't build deep relationships with their customers. Culture is such a broad term. So again, what I do is help them break it down in specific goals and help them with certain things like building trust and presenting products in an engaging and logical way to someone from that culture. James, this is something that every Flexpat can leverage because we all work with Chinese teams and we all have the same challenge that we feel that we have to change the teams, you know, change how they talk, how they communicate, how they work. And um, one approach could be just to let them see me, you know, let them see me to see how I do it. But I, I really like your approach to to go out and say, you know, how can you do it in a better way? What is the problem that you face and how can you change it? I, I really haven't uh, applied this kind of coaching to my team. So this is really something I'm going to start. And I'm, I'm looking forward to feedback from the Flexpad community about this because, as I said, we all have the same challenge. But if we talk about us, international companies, so how can international companies improve their communication and deepen their relationship with Chinese suppliers they want to do business with? There are several ways international companies can improve their communication with Chinese suppliers and actually Chinese professionals in any industry. One of the main differences is between communication styles, and we can see this especially in meetings and conversations and especially group meetings. I like to divide communicators into two groups and use a sports analogy to explain it. So if we take basketball and chess, basketball is a fast and action-packed And players try their best to get possession by tackling their opponents. On the other hand, chess is much slower. There are longer breaks in play and players take it in turns to finish their go. And this can be applied to different cultures and therefore different communication styles. Some cultures prefer to communicate fairly quickly in meetings. There are no pauses and it's sometimes common for certain cultures to interrupt each other. While in other cultures like China, it's a slower paced style of communicating with slightly longer pauses, which allows time for listening and for others to speak. So being aware of these different communication styles can help avoid misunderstandings and confusion in conversations. And being aware that Chinese professionals may feel anxious about their English and don't want to interrupt or clarify certain points in conversations because they may lose face and therefore they'd rather keep quiet. So simply by creating an environment where your Chinese counterparts can feel comfortable speaking English and asking for clarification would really help to build relationships. 
You can do this by using simple language, speaking a little slower, pausing between points, and welcoming any questions in a positive and non-judgmental way. Why is it important for international companies to invest in communication training on this matter? Investing in communication training is essential for international companies as it can massively improve efficiency and productivity. I think most people think that if they can speak English at a native or proficient level, then they are automatically good communicators, but it's not the case at all. You can have a really high level of English and still be a very poor communicator. So, for example, you can use difficult vocabulary and jargon, use overcomplicated grammar and sentence structures. You can waffle and use language without meaning or make irrelevant points. And this often leads to confusion and misunderstanding. Being good at communicating with others means you are easily understood. You can communicate clearly and directly. You can explain ideas and processes simply, and you can use engaging language to keep your audience interested and curious. So you see, even native speakers can benefit massively from communication training to improve the way they share their ideas or explain situations or processes in meetings, emails, presentations, or any other business situation. As we can learn from this discussion today, you, you're really well prepared and you really know how to express yourself. It's very inspiring. So what processes can we follow to speed up our progress when learning how to communicate effectively? There's a really effective three-step process I use to train my clients and I also follow myself. And this process can be applied to pretty much anything you decide to learn. First of all, you need to identify the specific skill you need. So, for example, not just I want to communicate better in a certain language. It's necessary to set a more specific goal for yourself and think about what you want and need to achieve. So, for example, I want to communicate better in this language, but specifically, I want to improve my written communication so that I can write effective emails. The next step is to find someone who can help you achieve this goal. Someone who knows a lot about this area. If they have a course, then take the course. And if it's not included in the course, ask them for more resources, such as useful books in this area you can read to expand your knowledge. Finding a specialist is going to save you a lot of time and effort, and you'll receive the exact resources and methods you need to make really fast progress and achieve your goal. The final step is the step which a lot of people miss, and that is to implement what you learn and practice every day. This is such an important step, and the key is to practice as much as possible and make it a habit. Writing yourself a note to practice this skill in a certain place at a certain time every day is an effective way to turn practice into a regular habit. You know, James, my mum is from Belfast. I grew up with her always teaching the Germans around me how to communicate in English. And she had a very similar approach to what you do, to really always work with the students or also with uh, adult professionals in, in finding out what they do and what they want to achieve and how a language is important to do that and what exactly they need to achieve to get one step ahead. And I'm really impressed how you in your Flexpad career, how you started as, I mean, you had a big value because you're a native speaker, right? And then you went to China to teach English. And then now for more than a decade, you use your time and your energy to educate Chinese companies how to communicate better in your native language. I think this is really a, a fantastic career. What would you say yourself? What are you thankful for looking back on your Flexpad life and your Flexpad career? 
I'm thankful for having the opportunity to move to China and live and work there in the first place. Living in China was an amazing experience for me and it has shaped so much of my life. Going through the struggles of learning the language and the culture has helped me grow professionally and personally. And I've made so many friends and had so many new experiences along the way. I'm also thankful for having the opportunity to start my business and do something which not only helps people make their lives better, but also it presents me with so many opportunities to learn more about China and Chinese culture, businesses and international communication. I'm also thankful for being connected with so many like-minded people like you, Francis, and also for opportunities like this, speaking with you about China, my experiences and my passion for international communication. Who would you say should listen to this podcast and why? And what message do you want to share? I would say anyone who works in China or with Chinese people and communicates with Chinese people regularly. The message I'm sharing is to really be aware of how you communicate and what effect it has on others around you. If you're not getting the results you want or you are not happy with the business relationships you have, Think about how you can change your communication style to improve things. This can be something as simple as shortening an email message or using simple language or asking the right questions in the right way or even learning more about culture and the differences between Chinese culture and your own culture, how this may cause problems and how you can prepare for this and avoid these problems. Also, think about how your Chinese suppliers, colleagues or counterparts feel when they communicate in English They have made an effort to learn English to a good level and learn about your culture, and they deserve a lot of respect for doing that. We can show them we respect them by being patient, conducting business in a positive and non-judgmental way, and encouraging them to ask questions if they need to clarify something. Also, learning more about Chinese culture and language and making an effort to bridge the communication gap so that you can work more effectively together. Communication is so powerful and it can have a huge impact on our lives. So James, it was really nice to discuss this with you today because I'm so impressed uh, what you bring to this audience of connecting with Chinese professionals as a consultant, as a coach, as a, as a trainer. And, and this is something every Flexpat can do. So with this, I really want to thank you for coming on the show today. 谢谢,再见。谢谢,再见,Francis. I would like to encourage you to reach out to James and connect with him on LinkedIn and try to learn from him and take something from this episode today, whatever it is, something that you can apply directly. Talk to your boss, talk to your team, talk to your friends, talk to your family and try to think of something that you learned today which you can directly apply. And we need your help. Maybe there is a friend who could listen to this episode, like James said. So just take a screenshot and send it to your friend and tell him about this podcast and what you learned today. If you think about a good guest for the future who can inspire you even more, please don't hesitate to reach out to us, to the podcast team. You also find my contact details in the show notes. We can keep growing this podcast community together. Thank you so much and see you next time.